Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a meaty middle about homophones, homographs, and homonyms, and a quick and dirty tip about the difference between a lectern, a podium, and a dais, and another quick and dirty tip about capitalizing award names. The Screen Actors Guild Awards were a couple of nights ago. They're more commonly called the SAG Awards. And they had a doozy of an error on Judy Dench's name card. She was nominated for an award called Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role for her work in the movie Victoria and Abdul. But instead of spelling it R-O-L-E for role, they spelled it R-O-L-L, like the bread. I'm a complete sucker for silly jokes, so I loved all the tweets that followed. These are just a few. Ethan J. Sachs tweeted, Once again, she's the toast of Hollywood. Andy Orock tweeted, Finally, payoff for all those upper-crust portrayals. Jeff, who goes by Music Psych, gets extra points for using references to bread in two languages by tweeting, Don't pan her performance. She really rose to the occasion. Pan is bread in Spanish. And finally, Mike Davidson capped it off with a quick, bread jokes get so stale. (laughs) Words like R-O-L-E and R-O-L-L, which are spelled differently but sound the same, are called homophones. The homo root means same, and the phone root means sound. So homophones are words that sound the same. Other examples of homophones are flower, the pretty kind with petals, and flour, the ground-up grain you use in baking. Need, like want or must-have, and need as in to work dough, and dough the deer, and dough the unbaked bread or cake or so on. You know I had to work in bread examples. (laughs) There are two other kinds of words that sound the same, but don't cause as many problems. Homographs and homonyms. The graph root means write, so homographs are words that are written the same way. In other words, spelled the same way. They can be pronounced the same way, like match, the thing you strike to start a fire, or match, meaning to pair two things together, or can, the verb that means to be able to do something, squiggly can bring confetti to the party, and can, which is often a container for soda or energy drinks, Or homographs can be pronounced differently, like tears, the liquid that seeps from your eyes, and tears, the act of ripping something apart. Or minute, meaning tiny, and minute, meaning 60 seconds. Homographs often have different origins. For example, can, the verb, comes from the Old English word that meant to know. And can, the noun, comes from a late Latin word that meant vessel or container. And match, the verb, comes from an Old English word that means equal or mate. And match, the noun, comes from a Greek word that meant lamp wick, mixa. But match, the noun, is great. Etymology Online traces it back farther. And I'm going to just directly quote here because I can't do it justice any other way. Etymology Online said mixa was, quote, originally mucus, based on the notion of a wick dangling from the spout of a lamp, like snot, from a nostril, unquote. You never know what you're going to get when you start looking at word origins, and sometimes it's a gross, fantastic surprise like snot. You and I will never look at a match the same way again. 
They say the word is ultimately from a Proto-Indo-European root that means slimy and slippery. I doubt I'll find anything quite as funny for homonyms, but let's see. Nope, it's actually just tricky. The homonym root means name. So homonyms are often described as words that sound the same and are spelled the same, like pen, a writing instrument, and pen, an area enclosed by a fence. But what makes it tricky is that some definitions also say they can include homographs and homophones. So it's almost like homonyms are a big set of all the different kinds of words that sound the same or are spelled the same or both. It'd be easier to say homonyms are the third type of similar-sounding words that are also spelled the same, like pen and pen. And some people do categorize them that way, but unfortunately I can't say that's the only definition. But the good thing is that homonyms and homographs won't cause embarrassing errors like the kind on the Judy Dench name card because they're spelled the same. But spellcheck will not save you from homophone mix-ups like roll, R-O-L-L, and roll, R-O-L-E. I'm sure it's chaotic behind the scenes at awards shows like these, but if you're responsible for high-profile slides, try to have a second set of eyes look over your text. Otherwise, your slide might end up on Twitter as the inspiration for a hundred jokes. And finally, I've always wondered why Dench is often called Dame Judy Dench, and it's because she was knighted. It turns out being knighted or invested as a dame isn't as straightforward as I had imagined. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, there are five classes of knighthood in the order of the British Empire— And it's actually even more complicated than that because there are other knight-related orders too, but we'll just stick with the order of the British Empire. In 1970, Dench was given the title Officer of the Order of the British Empire, the third of the five levels. And then in 1988, she advanced to Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire, the fourth level, which qualified her to be called Dame, in the same way that a man who's been knighted could be called Sir. The only level higher is the Dame Grand Cross. And frustratingly, I can't find a verb to describe making a woman a dame. Men are knighted, and every definition of the verb knighted specifies that it's something that's done to a man, but there doesn't appear to be a verb to dame that's parallel to the verb to knight. To end this segment, I declare that to dame should be a verb. Other women who have been damed include Julie Andrews, Joan Collins, Angelina Jolie, Helen Mirren, Maggie Smith, Angela Lansbury, and Elizabeth Taylor. Here's to the dames. A while ago, a reader named Fred Curriger asked me to do a quick and dirty tip about the difference between a lectern, a podium, and a dais. And this seems like a good time because the announcers at award shows often stand behind one of those things, usually a lectern. That's the one that's a stand with a slanted top where you could put papers or an envelope. It often has an embedded microphone and maybe a flat part where you could put a trophy. Lectern comes from the same Latin root as the word lecture. So remember that a lectern has a stand for your papers by imagining being a professor and putting your lecture on the lectern. That Latin root word meant to read. 
podium, on the other hand, is a raised platform you stand on. For example, winners at the Olympics usually stand on a podium when they get their medals. Remember that it has the same root as the word podiatrist, and it's what you put your feet on. The pod part of both words, podium and podiatrist, comes from a Greek word that meant foot. Podium is increasingly being used to mean lectern, but if you don't want to get called out, it's better to stick with lectern for the thing you put papers on and podium for the thing you stand on. And finally, what about dais? A dais is similar to a podium in that it's a raised platform you stand on. But a dais is usually bigger. It's typically meant for multiple people, and it's almost like a low stage. For example, in medieval times, great halls often had a raised platform at one end, and the lord of the mansion would dine and entertain his guests from the high table, elevated on the dais. But a dais can also be a smaller platform that supports a throne. In my mind, a dais has more of a sense of high status than a podium, probably because of its association with lords and thrones. To sum up, you stand behind a lectern, and you can set your lecture notes on it if you want to. If you win an Olympic medal, get your feet up on that podium, and congratulations. And if you're feeling extra fancy or important, you can look for a dais to stand on or sit on top of with your friends. And finally, since we're talking about awards so much today, I'll end with one more short tip. Award names are capitalized when they're the formal name of the award. So you capitalize the word award when you write that someone won a SAG award. Or if someone won the Nobel Prize in Literature, you capitalize the words Nobel Prize in Literature. But if you're just using the words award or prize to describe something, if it's not part of the formal name, keep those words lowercase. For example, you'd say Dame Judi Dench was nominated for an acting award. Or, people were surprised when Bob Dylan won a prize for literature in 2016. And you'd keep the words award and prize lowercase in those sentences. And now for some listener shout-outs. Hello to Sue, who listens while folding laundry. And thanks to Jim from Brea, California, and Nikki from Maryland for the nice reviews. And also Sweetmore Toddborn and V. Walker, who left great podcast reviews. I especially love to hear that you recommend the podcast to other people, V, because that's still one of the best ways to get the word out. If you have friends who don't listen to podcasts, show them how. They don't know what they're missing. And if you use Grammar Girl as your example, well, that's fine with me. Grammar Girl is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. So if you think your friends won't like Grammar Girl, I mean, who would happy. But you can also recommend one of our other great shows like The Nutrition Diva, The Get Fit Guy, The Mighty Mommy, or The Savvy Psychologist. We have 13 different shows, so there's sure to be one your friends will like. And you can find all of us at quickanddirtytips.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 